Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I need you to have your stone out. Everybody have their stone? <clears throat> Ushers in the back, if you want to raise your hand, an usher will bring you a stone if you do not have one. Raise your hands high. I need you to hang on to this stone while we reflect today on what it means to come to the empty tomb. So I believe in transformation. I believe in transformation because we believe in a transforming God. A God who was not content with judges and with kings and with all that the people of Israel said that they needed God to do because it just didn't work until God sent the Son, the Messiah, fully human, fully divine, the Messiah that we needed, the Messiah, Jesus, who experienced all of life just as we do, the rock, the foundation, of our lives. So let me take you back to that morning, that time when the women were coming. Now remember where they had been. It had been Good Friday. At last we worshiped together, and at last they had seen Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea was a wealthy man. So imagine Jesus, a criminal's death, hung up on a cross in the middle of two criminals the worst form of persecution, execution on a cross. So dying a criminal's death. Now Joseph of Arimathea, who is wealthy, has a family tomb because back in those days, it wasn't just one person in a grave. It was a family in a tomb. And he had an amazing tomb because of his great wealth. And no one had yet been laid to rest in it because Jesus had no money, no home. Right wherever he walked was his home. And so Joseph of Arimathea pleaded to Pilate, and it said that Pilate had to make sure, he checked with the Roman soldiers, he checked with those who were at the cross. He's really dead, right? Because it would kind of be a problem if it wasn't, because he was a threat. And they said yes. And so Pilate let Joseph take his body so that's the last time the women had seen him being traipsed off to a borrowed cave that was a tomb. And there he laid to rest. And for three days, the disciples were in hiding, wondering if they would be the ones that would be caught. But remember now, this wasn't just a tomb where the stone was rolled in front of it like everybody else's tomb. This tomb had a seal on it, a seal, so that it could not be broken. And it wasn't just one soldier who could like roll this, this stone wall in front of this cavern. It needed multiple soldiers to do that. And then the seal was placed on top of it, it has an extra added measure. I don't know if the women knew that or not. All they knew was that their hope was dead. The Messiah they followed was laying in a grave. 
So imagine their walk that morning, that third day, probably dark out. And where were they going? They were going to the cemetery, right? They were going to the graves where, where people were laid to rest because they expected death. And what a walk that must have been. I wonder if somebody at some point realized that there would be this stone and how on earth would these women roll it away because we know in our own lives when we experience the loss of someone we love, it's like we're kind of walking in shock. We haven't processed everything. And yet they went. They were the only ones that went. And they went to prepare the body. And at some point, I'm sure one of them must have said, how are we going to do this? And how shocking when they actually arrived and the stone was rolled away, this massive stone, the seal was broken and there were angels and they went inside because the way was made clear and there was no Jesus. Now there were rumors as Jesus was even hanging on the cross about maybe the disciples would somehow get in there and they would steal the body and act like, you know, Jesus was this Messiah, but, but nobody but God could have rolled away that stone. Nobody. So imagine they came to find a dead Jesus and he wasn't there. And the cloth was folded neatly, just an added measure. And they walked in the tomb in darkness, and there was light. There was so much light. And as they made their way out, can you imagine the difference in their hearts on the way in and the walk in? And then the run back to the disciples to tell them that Jesus had actually done what he said he would do. He rose again from the dead. How amazing is that? How unbelievable is that? We live in a cynical world. We live in a world where now negativity seems to be the attitude of the day, and it seems to be even acceptable. We live in a world that searches for hope, and today we have it. Not a hope from within. Not a hope that's a feeling that's fleeting, but a hope that comes from Jesus, who is our hope. And it's a decision, just like the decision to follow. It's a decision to have faith and to have hope. You know how we can do it? We can do it because Jesus rolled the stone away. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before in this passage in Mark. But it said that Jesus said, according to the angels, that he was going ahead of them to Galilee. Do you know what would happen in Galilee with the resurrected Jesus? He wouldn't only appear to the disciples and all those stories that you know. He appeared to over 500 people. And the church exploded if you added all the people together, says N.T. Wright, theologian, it was over 900 people. And so now when you look at the story in Acts and how the church just exploded, there were 900 witnesses that Jesus had risen from the dead and the church exploded because of those witnesses. 
Are you ready? Are you ready to witness? Are you ready to stop walking in the darkness? Are you ready to live in the light? No matter how much adversity you face. Look at Mary Magdalene. Oh my goodness, right? Seven demons plagued her. We don't know what they were. So much of the time, people will speculate, were they demons like depression and anxiety? How did she suffer? She was suffering until she met Jesus. He brought light into her darkness because he loved her. Isn't it true that when you're having a really bad day and you just kind of want to have your bad day and you encounter someone that loves you and they actually make you smile, they make you laugh, and somehow you're trying to hang on to your bad mood, you're just going to give yourself the day and you just can't do it because that person, they love you and they get you to laugh and it doesn't dismantle all that pain for sure but what it does is it cracks something in the stone of our pain we all have stones we all have adversities and we all know that there are times in this life when our adversities are like boulders they seem impossible to move but here's the good news of Easter Jesus Jesus is in the boulder-moving business. He is, and he's called us to follow him. It's time for us, individually and as Rosedale and as the Christian church, to be in the stone-moving business. And we can do it because Jesus has made it possible because he loves us. You see, we're never the same again because Jesus has come and he's defeated death. One of my mentors used to say, Jesus makes death work backwards, right? You gotta die to live. That's Jesus giving us hope, giving us love, filling us up like a cup and we spill over and we're able to love others. We're able to help them as they're maybe pushing against an adversity, whatever that is, a loss of a job, the grief of the death of a loved one, a transition in life. Maybe it's an even wonderful thing, but it's so stressful, like planning a wedding or a graduation party. Whatever it is, maybe it's an illness you never saw coming. Maybe it's hospital trips. Maybe it's going to too many funerals. But you know what? God knows what it's like to lose a son. We need Jesus. We need a Messiah who was born. And we can't leave him at Christmas, right? We can't leave him in the manger. Because he grew up and he walked the streets. And he was rejected in his own hometown. That scripture you just said, Jesus is the cornerstone that Isaiah prophesied. And it says he was rejected. And yet on Easter morning, he became the cornerstone of the church. Jesus is your rock. Just as surely as this rock is in your hand. And as you follow him, your life, he will mold that rock 
Notice there's no jagged edges. These rocks were even washed and cleaned for you. They were individually wrapped and we tore them out of the wrappers and we washed each one to remind us that when Jesus went to the cross, that our sins were forgiven. Our sins were forgiven. Our debt was paid. I came across a story about one of my favorite music guys of the 80s. This is where I'm going to date myself. Lionel Richie. <laughs> who started off in a band called the Commodores, right? We can't sing that song in church, the one that you're thinking of right now. But I heard this story that he was raised very poor. He had a large family. His parents went into a lot of debt trying to get food on the table and make ends meet. And when he began to get more notoriety for his writing and his musicianship, he began to get money. And what he did with the first real big check he had, he did something amazing with it. It was his father's birthday. And he wrapped up this present, and it was really big. And his father was really excited. And the story goes that he was taking off layer and layer of wrapping paper and wrapping paper, and the gift was getting smaller and smaller and dad started looking like oh this is kind of a bummer then finally he got to a little box and he opened it and the little piece of paper in it said all the debts paid and he looked up and he said credit cards yes car yes mortgage all debts Paid. All our sins paid by Jesus. So perhaps you came into this sanctuary today feeling the cynicism of the world, feeling like you had too many boulders. You've come to the right place because you've come to Jesus. He's been waiting to meet you. You may think you came because it's a good day to come to church because your mom made you. Or this is where you come, right? But Jesus had planned for you to be here today, even those of you at home. He has come that you may have life because he loves you and he sees you and he cares for you and he calls you by name like Mary. He says your name and says, follow me and I'll give you life and purpose and meaning. I believe in transformation because God is a transforming God who gives us Jesus, who brings us back to life. How amazing is that? The rock, our foundation on which to stand. And now may Jesus, who calls you by name today, may you feel his love surround you, and may you hear his voice call you to walk in transforming love. God bless you. Amen.